are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Right after you're done listening to this podcast, make sure you go check out Lockdown NBA on Wednesday. It's small market beats big market. Lockdown NBA Wednesday is hosted by Jake Masson of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast and John Corrales of Lockdown Celtics for a look at the NBA week from all angles. Follow the Lockdown NBA podcast today on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can also find me over on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me at Detroit Bad Boys, finding articles about the Pistons. And on today's podcast, we're continuing the player previews for our second up, I should say. Because first up, on the last podcast, we did Jeremy Grant. On today's podcast, we're going to be doing Killian Hayes and his preview of this season. What we look forward to seeing from him this year. Uh, what what would be considered an improvement for him. What we would like to see improved in what areas, etc., etc. And then also we'll go over the Eastern Conference, how it's gotten better, where do the Pistons look like they could possibly get up to, what's the best case scenario for them, what's the worst case scenario, how do they measure up with the West, rest of the East that got a lot better this offseason. What, what's their outlook right now? I know a lot of people think they could possibly try to contend for the playing. Could they really? The East did get a lot better. We'll go over that in the second segment. And then also we'll talk about who are some of the top three candidates to lead the Pistons in three-point shooting this season. Uh, I think we have a quite a few guys that could possibly fill out that uh, to fit that void. So we'll talk about all that in today's podcast. But first up, let's talk about Killian Hayes' season preview. So in order to talk about Killian Hayes' preview, we kind of have to give a little bit of a review over his last season. So last year with the Detroit Pistons, we already know what happened with them. He played the first seven games of the season, then suffered that hip injury that made him side that held him on the sidelines. Sorry, I, I don't know what's going on with me speaking today. Held him on the sidelines for a few months during the season and came back and was able to play the final 19 games of the season for himself. So he played a grand total of 26 games for the Pistons in his rookie season. He had a 6.8 points a game, 5.3 assists, 2.7 rebounds, shot 35% from the field, uh, 27% from deep, and 82% from the free throw line. So obviously some of the areas that Killian Hayes desperately need to take a step forward in from his rookie season to his second season is going to be, I think, well, let's just get the obvious one out the way. Obviously, it's outside shooting with Killian. People want to see his outside shooting improve. He shot 27% from the field last year on 2.8 attempts. Uh, that, that's It was one of the question marks heading into the draft that he needed to improve on. He didn't shoot it very well during his rookie season. It desperately needs to get better, obviously. I think there's even heavier emphasis on that because of the drafting of Kay Cunningham, like we talked about in the last episode. We talked about their pairing in the backcourt and what to look forward from that this upcoming season. So, with drafting Kay Cunningham, you desperately probably want someone next to him that can also shoot at least a little bit, not just a, a poor shooter. You want someone who can make a defense pay or just isn't going to completely ignore you when you're spotting up. And I think that's what they need from Killian Hayes. So obviously, like I said, number one is going to be outside shooting. But for me, I think one of the areas that you want to see Killian Hayes, the, the area that I'm honestly looking forward to seeing him improve the most in, is a simply being aggressive. We need him to be... The Pistons need Killian Hayes to be aggressive, looking for his shot, looking to score the ball. Now, obviously, he is a he, he is a gifted passer. He's a gifted playmaker at heart. His first thing he wants to do is pass the ball. But what people, I feel like, don't really understand about being a good playmaker, and you won't see many 
You're not going to find many great playmakers out there. Like, there's a few. Rajon Rondo was the first one that comes to my mind. Uh, but you won't find... But even Rondo was able to get to the basket and manipulate defenses. But my point is, with good playmakers and players who are able to facilitate for their team and be main ball, primary ball handlers, you have to have some kind of threat as a scorer or you have to ha- make it at least appear that you have a threat as a scorer. Like, Killian Hayes in his rookie season, too many times you saw him get caught up in the air looking for to pass when he should have shot, come off the pick and roll simply to pass... And no one was respecting his threat as a scorer, so there's no passing lanes open. He turned the ball over a lot because of it. Uh, that all changes if he simply becomes aggressive. There's a few games towards the end of the season where you saw him get a little bit more aggressive, start searching for a shot, and open up the floor for the rest of the team. That's the kind of thing that has to happen if you want to be a primary ball handler and if Killian wants to take advantage of his unique passing vision and passing accuracy and his his just what is it, non-fear of throwing passes that could potentially be turnovers. He needs to desperately show guys that, listen, I'm capable of scoring. I'm looking to score if I have to. And then that opens up passing lanes everywhere he needs to go and will make it much easier on the Pistons and himself. So those are the areas I believe he has to improve on. Obviously, outside shooting, but more importantly, aggression is my thing. So what should you expect from him? What kind of stats should we expect to see him put up? What would be considered a successful uh, sophomore season in the NBA for Killian Hayes. So for me, I'm not expecting him to come out here all of a sudden and start dropping 20 points a game or anything like that. I'm expecting to see minimal improvements across the board and start to see things tre- trending in the, uh, a good direction. So like field goal percentage, this, last season he shot 35%. Let's try to get that above 40% this year. I think that would be considered an improvement as long as he hits the 40% barrier. That's a big improvement. Uh, Three-point percentage, let's try to get that around 32%. You jump up 5% from a previous season, that's a big jump. Now he's going from a poor shooter to, what would that be considered, a below average shooter at that point? But that's still a big jump. He doesn't have to go from poor to great for that to be considered an improvement. Going from poor to below average, then below average to average, and keep driving up, driving up, driving up as his career moves forward. But yeah, in his second season, I'd like to see him get above 40 and 30% from field goal percentage and three-point percentage. I'd like to see him continue to hover around 80%. I'd like to honestly see him get up to like 85% from the free throw line. And then assist, I'd like to see him get about seven assists a game, maybe like four rebounds a game. I want to see his turnovers get cut down a little bit. He had 3.2 this past season. Let's try to get that to around 2.5 turnovers this year. And then points per game, I'd like to see like 11 points a game from Killian Hayes. I think all that is well within his reach. I think that's something he can do this season. I think the big, the toughest thing, honestly, for me, I think is going to be for him is the points. Because it really is. It's just a matter of, is he going to search for his own shot? Is he going to be aggressive trying to get to the basket? We saw a little bit of that in Summer League. He got really, he got real stronger, man. Like, if you saw him, he looks completely jacked. He completely transformed his body in one offseason. And that should help him. And that, that was a main issue of his last season. He'd get knocked off balance a lot on the way to the rim. Uh, with simple contact on dribble drives, it would, it would knock him off his balance. He wouldn't be able to really get to where he wanted to go. It kind of made him shy away from contact around the rim. In the summer league, you saw him accept a little bit more contact, go straight into guys, use his strength against these guys. And obviously, those guys are not NBA caliber defenders and not going to have NBA caliber strength. But it's a good sign to see that he worked on his body, transformed his body, then obviously saw that that is something that he wants to utilize in his game just from while he played in the summer league. So I think he can achieve all those things if he puts his mind to it. He obviously has an incredible work ethic. They've talked glowingly about his work ethic, and I really am really high on Killian Hayes. I think he could have a really good season this year. I, I'm I'm really high on Killian. I, I, I really like what I see from him. I hope he's able to meet those thresholds. So I would say a season preview from Kuka Hill for Killian Hayes would be around 11 points, 7 assists, 
like five rebounds, four rebounds a game, and 40, 30, 80 from the field. I don't need like him shooting like 60% shooting, shooting percentage or anything. I just want to see him get a little bit better from outside. Let's take that 27%. Let's get it up to 32%. I'll take that 35% for the field. Let's get that up to a 40%. Let's break some barriers here. And hopefully by year three or four, now we're talking about like 45% from the field. Now we're talking about like 36% from deep. Like once you get to year four, year three, and he's like 22 years old, that's when you can expect those big things. But right now, let's see some minimal improvements across the board and see him getting better. That's my preview for Killian Hayes. Let me know what you guys think about Killian Hayes this upcoming season. What would be considered a successful season for Killian Hayes in your guys' eyes? Do you guys agree with me with what I set as his goals and what I expect to see from him this year? If you disagree, let me know. All that at Lockdown Pistons on Twitter or at Kukahil NBA. But when we come back, we're going to talk about the Eastern Conference. Where should we expect the Pistons to end up at? Where would be reasonable? What would be a great season? What would be a disappointment? What's going on with the East? It got a little bit better. Where do the Pistons slot here? We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, i got to tell you guys again about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. And brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and all the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more about DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. Yes, that's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Go check out DirecTV Stream at DirecTV.com. And for all you fancy guys and ladies out there, fancy football, fancy basketball, fancy whatever, check out our next sponsor, Sleeper Game Picks. In 2018, the fancy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fancy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. And honestly, it's really interesting to me. It's called Game Picks. And it's only available in Sleeper. In Game Picks, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between the opponents. The days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play in that week are over. The days of mindless, daily busy work are over. The days of giving up halfway through the season because of that busy work. Also over. In game picks, you pick one game per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and more. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer redraft, keeper, or dynasty, game picks has you covered. Sleeper cracked the fancy basketball code. If you play fantasy football just like I do, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy like you do on the NFL Fantasy app or the ESPN Fantasy app versus daily busy work, you're absolutely going to love Game Picks. Download the Sleeper app now and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. Sleeper's a one-of-a-kind. Game Pick is the most strategic fantasy basketball experience in the industry. So make sure you go download Sleeper's one-of-a-kind Game Picks to go have fun finally with fantasy basketball. You know, I'm going to be taking advantage of that. I'm going to be checking that out. I'm going to be checking that app out because, you know, I tried playing fantasy basketball in the past. But like I said, it's just it's it's much harder than fantasy football. Fantasy football, I cut my lineup once a week. You get one game per week, maybe two, three games because of, you know, Monday night, Sunday night, Thursday night football, etc. But nothing outside of that. And it's really simple. It's fun to get into. I take it very seriously. 
So I'm in like multiple money leagues. So I definitely be checking this out because I love watching basketball. I want, really want to have a fun experience with fantasy basketball and sleeper. It sounds like absolutely an amazing way to do that. So I'm gonna be checking it out. Hope to see you guys over there. But the Eastern Conference. So I know the Eastern Conference has always been preferred as the weaker conference. Was what, what do they call? What's the nickname? Least East, least of the East, or whatever. I, I've heard some people call it something like that. Something least, whatever. But yeah. The East is no longer that weak anymore. I don't believe it's that bad of a conference. I actually think it's a pretty damn good conference now. Uh, obviously, you just had the NBA champions come out there, out the East this past year with the Milwaukee Bucks, and it actually wasn't a LeBron James team. Actually, that's a that's a question I actually wonder. I think I pretty much, I think it was LeBron's, LeBron's Cavs were the last. No, no, no. What's wrong with me? Toronto Raptors did in 19. Uh, but yeah, Eastern Conference is not that bad this year. So where were the Pistons rank in the Eastern Conference this past, this upcoming season? Uh, they got better. They got the number one overall pick. They got Kay Cunningham, so they figured to be a better team. They went out and got Kelly Olynyk as well to try to buff up the team, improve the outside shooting. The guys that live as a buff up the outside shooting, you know, you got second-year players, third-year players, fourth-year players getting better, hopefully, and Hamadou Diallo, Killian Hayes, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bey, Frank Jackson, etc. Go down the list. So the Pistons figured to be a better team than they were last year where they finished at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. And it caused a lot of people to think, you know, maybe the Pistons could push for the play-in. Um... At the beginning of the offseason, and once they started making these moves, I thought, yeah, maybe so. Maybe they could push to the play-in. They were a better team last year than their record says they were. They basically tanked the last month and a half of the season. They were playing teams pretty well to the end. Uh, they got some pretty pretty big wins against the Boston Celtics. I know they played a couple other teams pretty well. Uh, I believe they beat the Lakers as well. Um, so was, their record didn't really say how bad they were last year. They actually were a better team. But that doesn't matter. If you look at the Eastern Conference... I really don't see how the Pistons make it out of, like, let's just go over it, really. Let's just go over it, and we'll talk about it. You guys can tell me. You guys can tweet at me who you guys think the Pistons could possibly be better than. If I'm wrong, you guys disagree with me, okay? So let's just go through the Eastern Conference. So the Philadelphia 76ers, even they get rid of Ben Simmons, obviously. They're not. They're, they're still making the playoffs. You got the Brooklyn Nets, obviously. You got the Milwaukee Bucks, quite obviously, making it. You got the New York Knicks. New York Knicks have, are still going to be in the playoffs. They're a damn good team. You may not like the Knicks. You may not like the big market, New York. They're going to make the playoffs, okay? The Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks making the playoffs. They just made it to the Eastern Conference Finals this past year. They played really well. They're only going to get better with Trey Young as their superstar. And the surrounding pieces getting better. They're a really young core. I really like that team. They're going to get a lot better. Um, so they're making the playoffs. The Miami Heat, they just went out and got Kyle Lowry. They're going to be a much better team. So they're making the playoffs. They're not to mention already having Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, the rest of the squad, okay? Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics were, what, like 500-ish last year? They legit were 500 at 36 and 36. But they were a little bit of a disappointment of a team. You think they're going to be a disappointment again this year? I don't think so. They got Jason Tatum coming back still. Jalen Brown coming back still. They got a new coach over there. Brad Stevens going up to the GM spot. Even if they aren't as good this year, maybe... They are still 500-ish this year. The Pistons are not going to be better than them. They're still going to make the playoffs. The Boston Celtics are in. The Washington Wizards. They got rid of Russell Westbrook, but they replaced him with Spencer Dinwiddie. Will that be, I'm like, is, is that an upgrade really uh, for Russell Westbrook, where he's at right now with, with the kind of numbers he puts up and the, and the way he struggles to shoot from outside and the way he monopolizes the ball? They also got a few other players as well. They recuperate a lot over there in Washington. They got Kyle Kuzma as well with Bradley Beal as their superstar. A really good offense. Always been a pretty good offense, so... Uh, I, I don't think I think they could probably miss the playoffs this year possibly, but still the Pistons will not be better than the Washington Wizards. Uh, their offense is just going to be really too damn good, and Bradley Beal is the best player on both teams. 
uh, he got a decent enough squad to where it won't matter. The Indiana Pacers, they struggled this past season. They dealt with a ton of injuries to a lot of their players. Uh, I believe they also dealt with some COVID protocol guys as well. Uh, but they're going to be much better. They're not going to be the ninth seed this year. Uh, the Indiana Pacers actually is a team that I wonder what the hell they're doing because they're kind of in that area the Pistons were in like a few years ago, but they're better. They're better. They're like a better version of where the Pistons were a few years ago with like making the playoffs or trying to fight for the playoffs, like the eighth, seventh, sixth seed. Indiana has made it like higher than that. And they could figure to possibly be if like if everything were to break right, like a fifth seed or whatever. But they're not going to be any better than that. So it like, I don't know. Either way, I'm I'm getting off I'm getting off topic. I just really wonder what Indiana's bigger plan is. I know I saw some reports in the offseason. I think there's some rumors saying that they might trade Sabonis or Turner because they've realized what I'm saying and they might want to take it out of there. Uh, but yeah, either way, Indiana Pacers are going to be better than the Detroit Pistons this year. They're a really good squad. They, hopefully, if they stay healthy, you don't want to see any team go through injuries. Players deal with injuries anyways. But if they stay healthy, they're going to be a damn good squad, and they're going to be better than the Pistons. The Charlotte Hornets, they got better this offseason. They got Kelly Oubre coming in. They got another year of Terry Rozier, Lonzo Ball, Miles Bridges, the rest of the squad, P.J. Washington, etc., etc. You go down the list. They got a really good squad over there, along with like a budding superstar in LaMelo Ball. Terry Rozier, who played his his you-know-what-off last year and got paid this offseason for it. He's a really damn good player. Kelly Oubre is going to be a good piece for them, a good upgrade. Miles Bridges just got close this past season to being a 50-40-90 club. People aren't talking about him enough. He had a damn good season. You got P.J. Washington. Like, that team is going to be a squad, okay? Now, we just went through 10 teams, okay? That's including the playing guys, obviously, like the bottom two of the plans, top eight. Well, it's not the top eight anymore. Top six and then the rest of the play-in guys. You feel me? All right. So that's the top ten from last year. Now, let's get to the teams that didn't even make the playoffs that last year. But you know damn well are going to make it this year, okay? You got the Chicago Bulls who finished 11th. The Chicago Bulls 100% making the playoffs. They could possibly be like a top four seed this year. Like, they could be legit this year. They just brought in Lonzo. They brought in DeMar DeRozan. They got rid of Laurie Markkinen. They got another year of Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic. They also brought in Alex Caruso. They got another year of Patrick Williams developing under his belt. And he was a pretty damn good rookie himself. They got Derek Jones Jr. as well. They got Tony Bradley, who was a decent pickup, I feel like, in free agency for a center spot, a backup center. And they also got a bunch of other wings as well, along with Stanley Johnson. Obviously, he's not that good of a player, but, you know, I had to mention Stanley. Uh, but they did get Elise Johnson as well, which I think is another good pickup. And they also still have Kobe White. So that team overall is just it's pretty stacked with talent. Uh, spe- specifically, their top five and DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, uh, and whoever you, the fifth person you want, pick Derek Jones Jr., Patrick Williams, or Alex Caruso. Uh, they got a good squad. So the 100%, they're making the making the playoffs. They might even compete for like a top four seed. So now we're at 11 teams. And I don't think you can tell me any of these 11 teams are going to be, the Pistons can be better than. Okay, so we're at 11. 12, Toronto. I think Toronto can push for the playoffs this year, push for the play-in. Now, we're 12 deep right now, okay? And there's only 10 people who can make the play. There's, you make the play-in at the top 10. Top 6 make the playoffs. So the top 10 teams really get to compete for playoffs, basically. That's what I'm saying. And we're at 12 teams right now that are competing that we think that possibly make the playoffs and compete for a playoffs. Are, capable, are playoff caliber teams. You got Toronto, who is not playing in Florida no more. They're back home. They got another year with Pascal Siakam, OG Nanomi, who's a budding star. He's getting better and better. He's really damn good last year. People don't talk about it enough. He's going to be really good this next year. Fred Van Vliet, they just got rid of Kyle Lowry. Yes, that's a bit of a loss, but, you know, I think that team still being back in Toronto with another year to develop OG Ananobi with the guys I already mentioned, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Chris uh, Boucher, all these other guys. 
I think that team's going to push for the play-in. I don't know if they make it because of the, all the other teams I just named in front of them. I mean, the East is really deep. But I think they're going to be a team that pushes for the play-in, and they're going to be better than the Pistons, okay? Now you get to the bottom three. We're at the bottom three of the conference right now, okay? This is not competing for the play-in kind of thing. This is the bottom three of the conference. You're talking about one of the worst teams in the league, okay? And this is even like saying the Pistons didn't try to get better. Like, obviously, they got a little bit better in the offseason, and they're going to go as far as the young players take them. But are they going to be better than Orlando this year? I, I don't know. Like, they got Marco Fultz coming back. They got Jonathan Isaac coming back. They got uh, Jalen Suggs. They got, what's my man's name from uh, Orlando Magic? I forgot his name. Um, RJ Hampton. They got a really good squad. I don't, I don't actually know. Not a really good squad, but a really good young core. Uh, the Pistons got a good young core, but go, so does Orlando. And I, I, I don't know if you can for sure say the Pistons will be better than them. I think the Pistons and Orlando are basically in the same, like, tier. And then you got Cleveland. And honestly, I feel like Cleveland is going to be better than Detroit this season because they got more, like, pro-ready, like, guys ready to play right now. Jared Allen is a damn good player. They got Kyle Sexton, who they haven't traded yet. It doesn't look like they're going to trade him. Kyle Sexton is a 25-point-per-game scorer, one the, an efficient scorer as well. They got another year of Darius Garland, who played really well this past season as well. They got Evan Mobley now. They added a few other speed pieces to the team. So it's like... It, it's tough. I don't know where the Pistons are going to end up in the Eastern Conference now. Uh, I think like a, a successful season for the Pistons, honestly, would be like to finish 13th or 12th. Uh, but that that even asking them to finish 12th, I think, would be a bit of an ask because of the teams I just named before them. Like those teams are stacked and pretty damn good in the East. So honestly, I think a successful season for the Pistons, I guess, depending on what you're even looking for. Some people may be like a successful season is getting another top three pick. So if you're talking about like from finishing the highest possible, I think it would be like 13th, maybe 13th, maybe 12th. The East is really deep, man. It's not the same East that it used to be. Everyone's idea of the East is it's not what it used to be. So 13th, and then like even if they finish like 15th again, like I, I, I don't even know if I'd call that a disappointment because there's plenty to be happy about with that. Um, and I don't even know if that would speak. I, that still wouldn't really speak to Kay Cunningham, but oh, he's not a real number one pick. The rest of the East is really good, man. There's like 12 teams who are playoff caliber teams right now. So I don't know. I, it depends. We'll, we'll see what happens. But I I can't see the Pistons really going higher than 12. That, that's about as high as I can go. I don't think they could get anywhere higher than 12. Um, but anyways, when we come back, we'll talk about the three people I believe that could possibly lead the Pistons in three-point percentage and makes this season and also what I am most excited about for this upcoming season. But before we get into any of that, I have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First up is your favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors in caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. They also have a ton of other flavors such as coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and let me actually, do you guys say caramel or caramel? Anyways, uh, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. But my favorite is the peanut butter flavor. You guys know, I've already told you guys many times, I have the peanut butter flavor one multiple times. I absolutely love this Built Bar. Uh, it's packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. It's healthy for you. So go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15. you get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. And then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and for anything like me, you want to take advantage of that instantly. However, there's one problem I constantly ran into. There's so many different apps to bet through. Which betting app is the best to use? Which one is the best for me? That's when I found BetOnline. 
the fastest and easiest way to burn all your sports action. The NFL season is back up, and the NBA is right around the corner with the MLB still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality TV, things I didn't even know you could bet on. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props and just about anything you can imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, and make sure you use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So, for this final segment, let's talk about some of the guys I believe the Pistons, that could lead the Pistons, I should say, in three-point shooting this upcoming season. So, last season, the three-point shooting was a struggle for the Pistons. They didn't have very many good shooters on the team at all. Uh, The floors were never really spaced that well. Uh, There was, at the end of the season... Um, sorry for my chair. My chair. I need to get some like oil or whatever the hell you put on this thing. Uh, this chair. This chair be squeaking way too much. It's my gaming chair. It's really comfy, but yeah, it squeaks way too much. I'd be hearing it sometimes while I listen to it back. So I'm sorry if you guys hear that in the background. Uh, but anyways, there were times last season, specifically towards the end of the year, where uh, where you you saw multiple lineups with like four guys out there at once that just simply couldn't shoot, and it was awful to watch. So, the Pistons went out and made sure to attack that and improve that area on the team. So, obviously, with Kay Cunningham, they also brought in Isaiah Livers. I don't know if he's going to play off top, but I think he'll eventually get into the rotation at some point. That's just my prediction. Uh, also, Kelly Olynyk, they brought him back. Uh, not brought him back, but signed him in free agency from the Houston Rockets. So, those guys should help with the three-point shooting. Uh, also, hoping for some internal improvement from outside. Uh, but... There's more guys on the team now that could possibly challenge for the best three-point shooter on the team this season. So I think the three best guys you can come up with here is obviously the first option I think everyone's going to go with is K, uh, not K. Cunningham, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay led the Pistons in three-point makes this past season. He broke the rookie record for the Pistons uh, in less than 82 games. He didn't even get to play in, in a full regular season. Who knows what he could have done with that. So I think Sadiq Bay obviously is the running favorite. Uh, then you also got K. Cunningham. I think it's going to be up there. I think he's the second most likely person to uh, lead the Pistons in three-point makes and percentage. Uh, if you saw his shot in summer league and you watched him in college, his shot is just so smooth and it's just, he's a marksman. He's a, he's an absolute sharpshooter off the dribble and everything. Pull-ups, it's, it's, he's, he's a marksman. So, Kay Cunningham, I think he could possibly lead the Pistons in three-point shooting and three-point makes this season. Uh, and then third, I'm going to go with Kelly Olynyk. I think Kelly Olynyk has the third best chances on this team of leading this team in three-point shooting and three-point makes, three-point percentage. Uh, I think the only other person who really challenges with him right now is Jeremy Grant, possibly. Uh, I don't think Jeremy Grant is going to get that many threes up as or as many threes up as Kelly Olenek. So those are my three guys. I think Kelly Olenek, Sadiq Bey, and Kate Cunningham are the three top the top three guys that you would pick to lead the Pistons in three-point shooting this season. And I'm going to go ahead and pick... Cade Cunningham to lead the Pistons in three-point percentage and three-point makes this season. I think that, I just, from what you saw in his jumper and just the way, how confident he is with it, how pure and smooth it is, and the fact that he's able to get it off from different angles. Like, Sadiq basically is only a catch-and-shoot guy right now. Hopefully he develops, like, an off-the-screen kind of thing. That's why I want him to work on off pin downs. But I don't think he's there yet. Uh, Kelly Olynyk is really good off uh, pick and pop. He could possibly maybe, like, pump fake and take a dribble to the side, but that's about it from outside. Uh, Cade can let it go from catch and shoot off pin down of the dribble coming off the pick and roll shoot against drop coverage. He can dribble pull up and transition like he can do all of it. So I, I think he's going to be an absolute marksman for the Pistons this season. I think he's going to be the one that leads the Pistons in three point shooting this season. 
Um, so then I guess we can end the podcast as well with what am I most excited about so far this season? Now, I may get asked this again. Uh, one of you guys asked me this on Twitter, so I decided to answer at the end of the podcast real quick. But what am I most excited about for this season right now? I think what I would say as of right now is definitely Kate Cunningham. Obviously, he's the number one overall pick. The Pistons had it won in like 50 years. When he won it, everyone went crazy. It was just like a sense of happiness and hope in the city for the first time ever. Um, and I, I'm just really, really looking forward to seeing him play for Detroit and seeing how he does here. It's just, I, I think that easily is what I'm most excited about right now for the Pistons. But that's all I've got for you guys on today's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. I appreciate you guys. As always, if you haven't already, make sure you go down below and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. As always, I appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you again on Thursday, I believe. Yeah, Thursday. And then we'll see you again on Friday. But until then, I'll catch you guys later. Make sure you guys follow me at NBA on Twitter and at LockedOnPistons on Twitter. But until next time, I'll catch you guys later. Have a great day, everybody. And I'll see you then.